Hey, Wild Souls, it's me, Linz. Um, I wanted to uh, offer an apology for this episode and a little bit of a um, kind of correction. So I answered a question for a listener about uh, the term hungry ghost energy and um, did not incredibly speak or even mention the fact that um, hungry ghost is a term that is so, has its roots in um, Buddhism, Chinese and Vietnamese Buddhism, um, some Taoism. Um, it has its roots in so many areas in um, South Asia, it, many, many areas in Asia. Um, there are festivals related to hungry ghost energy that the term hungry ghost um, has so many meanings across cultures, across religions, both traditional and folk. Um, and I didn't mention this because um, when I speak to something, I usually try not to anymore um, lean on anything that is culturally appropriative, but in not mentioning the root system inexplicably, um, my answer became hollow because I did not acknowledge um, the, the, the enormous cultural history that the traditions, like I couldn't even acknowledge how could I even provide any impact to the kind of uh, hugeness that this term and this concept brings to so many. Um, but in not doing that, it was erasure. It was harmful. It was appropriative. Um, I, uh, as soon as the episode came out, had a hit in my gut that um, I should have mentioned that and did not um, and received some really important feedback that um, affirmed that for me. And so I want to A, start with an apology. Um, uh, there's probably an apology due for even speaking about hungry ghosts, um, in the first place. Um, but so I do apologize for that and, um, absolutely apologize for not having really named the root system of this word and just simply acknowledging that by me speaking about this word, I can never call in the true essence of it and probably should not have said anything about it. I would, I would actually eliminate the probably <laughs> should not have spoken about it in the first place. Um, and, uh, totally acknowledge and, on um, honor that and apologize for that. Um, I want to call myself out for white supremacy because it's, uh, no matter what my intention was to not cause harm, it did cause harm. Um, the impact is what's really important. Um, Buddhism is a tradition that is so appropriated. And by me attempting to not, I wound up like invisibly, you know, completely obliterating the, all the history and promoting erasure and um, it's really important to me that um, I be really uh, in my truth and really direct and straightforward about that having had happened um, and want to really bow to everybody who heard that and was like, why isn't Lindsay speaking about that? Um, really acknowledge publicly the person um, who wrote me and spoke about how it affected her or them by listening to it. And um, to really just hold myself publicly accountable. Um, at this moment, I'm not going to take my answer down because I think um, covering up mistakes is kind of part of the problem that 
white folks kind of have, and um, unless it causes pretty significant harm in the future, I think I will leave it up. Um, but I am providing a context um, just for apology, for acknowledgement of harm, for um, definitely um, appropriation, erasure, problematic behavior. Um, it was it absolutely all should have been mentioned and should have been in there. And I sincerely apologize for that. Um, and just to really acknowledge, which should have been in my answer, that I can't even really come close to the essence of what hungry ghost energy is from H, um, like the cultural impact of that. Um, and really what I'm speaking to in my answer is a kind of, um, energetic, imbalance, but all of that should have been acknowledged before I spoke about it. And I apologize for that. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the opportunity to, um, fuck up in front of you and make repair. Um, and, uh, again, my sincerest apologies for anybody who really felt, um, hurt, harmed by that. I understand that it caused harm and, um, I'm so sorry, and I will absolutely endeavor to do better in the future. Thank you. This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey, wild souls, welcome to another Q&A mini-sode of the Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. So delighted to get to drop in with you. Um, just a very quick announcement that in just a couple days on August 27th, uh, you will be unable to, that will be the end of the early bird rate for my course, Tarot for What Is. It's been just very beautiful to get to um, begin this process of welcoming those who feel a call to this material and to this work. Um, thank you so much for trusting me with that. Um, you can learn more about the course uh, or sign up at tarotforwhatis.com. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope that everyone is doing quite well and uh, is feeling this shift into Virgo season. Quite potent. I can't wait to see... The month ahead, we'll be dropping into all of that at the monthly medicine episode next week, which I am looking forward to. And without further ado, I'm going to dive into our questions for today. So Nia asks, or Naya, I apologize, Nia or Naya, um, if I am not pronouncing your name correctly, asks, love the podcast and your energy. Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing with us. In the past few episodes I've listened to you, you've used the term hungry ghosts. Could you explain what that means? It would be my pleasure. So it means kind of exactly what you think it means. <laughs> hungry ghosts is a term that I think is used uh, in many ways to describe many different things. A wonderful example of hungry ghosts was in the Miyazaki movie Spirited Away, um, where there was a literal hungry ghost. And there's a lot more legend and lore to that, uh, that's connected to the movie that you can read about. Hungry ghost energy is, and how I use it is essentially, um, a way. So, okay. 
when we are not rooted in ourselves, and by the way, rooted doesn't mean calm and serene. You can be all over the place, um, very anxious, very moving through depression, moving through jealousy, whatever human experience you're having, you can still be rooted in yourself. That is still possible. I move through those, um, I move through those two, uh, seemingly contrasting experiences all the time. So you can be in your human experience and still be rooted. And there are times when we are not rooted within ourselves. And so what we wind up doing unwittingly or perhaps unknowingly is we wind up taking a lot because we're hungry and because we're not pulling from the source of ourselves. Um, Hungry ghost energy is when we talk way past the point that somebody has the capacity to listen, but we're not picking up on the cues because we're needing to process something at or on someone. Um, Usually it has to do with that. It's somebody who really takes a lot and is not stopping to consider whether or not they're full whether or not they're literally full, if they have everything they need, because there's something in the root system that, um, I I hesitate to use the word blocked, but is not fully letting the nourishment and the knowing within come through. So there's a lot of taking. So this hungry ghost energy can manifest itself in many different ways, right? Hungry ghost energy is essentially kind of talking like emperor reversed because when emperor is right side up, we're a mountain, we're a redwood, we're connected to self, we're taking up space, but we're not crowding anybody. Um, We're really just beaming out whatever essence we have within ourselves. Um, It really has nothing to do with like a powerful man that's old bullshit and we can drop that. We can drop it right where right where we are. We can drop it right in the garbage can um, and really evolve that meaning as it has always been, I believe, um, really a source of strength from above and a sense of the right to take up space. It's ruled by Aries. It's a lot of what Aries brings in its best aligned uh, energy. When the emperor is reversed, sometimes, most of the time, I want to say, um, we are unsure of how much space to take up. We might kind of um, shrink back a little bit because we're uh, we're a little afraid to share our voice, to share our truth, to share our light, uh, whatever, um, our strength, whatever you might want to say. That's, I would say, 90% of what I see with Emperor Reverse. Now that 10%, that other 10% of Emperor Reverse, this hungry ghost energy, where we don't know that we're taking up too much or taking too much. Um, that doesn't mean that we're being too bright, too beautiful, too, too glorious. It means that we are not letting the energy come up from within. So one way that hungry ghost energy can show up that's pretty extreme is like what we're seeing with the overtake of land, like having to conquer. That's all hungry ghost energy, um, literally stealing land from, um, you know, buying up like huge property, like all that shit. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having a farm or property. I'm talking about corporations, just it's a nonstop feeding frenzy. Um, and that is 
huge hungry ghost energy. Just take, 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 take. Um, another way of uh, looking at hungry ghost energy is cultural appropriation. You know, a lot of us uh, who are white have a hard time or have not really dealt with the trauma to our own wounding of being taken or moved from our cultures, um, as many of us have experienced um, the traumas of uh, colonizing, even if we're from European countries a long time ago. And we've been due to religion and all kinds of different things, um, separated from our root for a really long time. All of us have, even if we're not white. It's very hard to stay connected to the root. But for those of us who are not white, um, there's sometimes too much leaning on the root systems of other people. So hungry ghost energy can come when we just think like, oh, as white folks, uh, anything, I can do anything. Like there's sage here, I can do it. I don't have to think about who harvested that sage? What land was it taken from? Why do the people own that land that do? Uh, you know, like we're not thinking because we feel unsafe, disconnected from what our ancestors may have used. They may have used sage too, who knows? But um, we're not asking questions. And so then it becomes this really strong, hungry ghost energy that can really take without really thinking about the impact that we're having. Um, and that, I'm not saying that sage is bad or good, but it is definitely something that has been um, over-commercialized because, like, really kind of of hungry ghost energy. Um, you know, that's an example. And um, a much softer example, um, not that that's a hard example, but uh, it's a strong one, uh, is that... Um, that I, I'm, I'm like, I get into little periods where I, I'm hungry ghosting it a little bit sometimes where I'm a verbal processor for sure. And when I'm upset, I tend to want to talk, um, like to my close few and, or like talk it out. And there have totally been times where I've like just gone for an hour, hour and a half. And my husband has, I've not picked up on his cues <laughs> that he's like, okay, you know, like I've been listening to you talk in circles for 90 minutes and I listened to you talk about the same thing yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes it does. And it's because usually in those situations, I'm so scared that I'm not coming back home to myself to acknowledge like, wow, the level of discomfort here is almost too much to handle. Um, what are some resources I can call upon tools, exercises, what have you. So hungry ghost energy is like the part in us that fears that we're not going to have enough, that fears that we're not enough, that fears that we have to have something, um, in order to help us. Uh, and we are in, and when it's hungry ghost energy, we're not necessarily thinking about because we're so, it, it's kind of a fight flight mechanism. We're so kind of dissociated sometimes when we're in hungry ghost energy that we're not really thinking about how that need is affecting other people. That's a really telltale sign of it. Um, and we all do it. That's just the truth. We do. Um, some of it causes harm and some of it causes minor annoyance. And the more that we're aware of it, the more, 
uh, available we can be to recognize like, whoa, like I'm just kind of eating, 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 eating. It's sort of like a psychic form of eating like 20 bags of potato chips and being like, I could still eat more, you know, um, we're just, it's sort of like eating nothing. Um, because that kind of consumption doesn't really do anything. Um, I used to encounter this energy a lot when I gave readings where I'd have people like kind of come in, um, not my deep divers who came in weekly, that was different, but people who like booked and wanted to see me like, um, every two, every three weeks, um, which I usually gently and kindly discouraged because I thought once a season is more than enough if you even wanted to do that. But, um, people just really needed a lot of, a lot, a lot. And it, and, um, I knew that it wasn't because they were being too much. It was because they weren't trusting themselves to be okay in moments when they felt afraid. So that's what I mean by hungry ghost energy. Um, it's not something that we're making into a negative. I'm not here to, we're not shaming anybody. Like if you hear yourself in this, nobody's mad at you. <laughs> no one's mad at you. It's, it's okay. But if you're hearing yourself in this, it's just beautiful to begin to consider like, whoa. And I want to share with you again, I'm very prone to this behavior with in my personal life sometimes. So it's like, I really believe we all do this. We're all um, capable of doing this. I actually think most people do this um, more often than not. Um, but I find Hungry ghost can sometimes be the way a person like literally moves through the world. And sometimes it's just seasons where we're so afraid. We're just so frightened or so dissociated or so disconnected that we're not actually making contact too, too much. Um, but it's usually because we're in pain and frightened. So that's what I mean by that term. Uh, Amanda asks, how would you start on tarot reading? I have a deck, but the whole process seems overwhelming with all the cards, their meanings, and figuring it all out. What's your suggestion for, quote, tarot 101, end quote? Oh, Amanda, what a great question. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer it in a way that will truly be helpful <laughs> in a simple, streamlined way, because God knows I could talk, and sometimes it's not uh, it's not quite so linear, but I'm going to do what I can. I was very passionate about your question because I think it's very important. And I think that there are many ways to get started and I want to provide a bunch of them to see which one you resonate most with. So I believe, and again, we're talking me. So you might connect with someone else. They might be totally different from me. Here's what I think. I think in order to have the best um, possible uh, experience with teaching yourself, learning tarot, there are two avenues to go down and eventually those two avenues can intersect with each other, but you can start like a choose your own adventure. One option is to find a deck that kicks you real good in the heart that you connect with you. It's like the wand in Harry Potter. It like when you touch it, when you're given it, when you buy it, you're, you're something moves through the body. You want to wait for that feeling. And ideally to seek out a deck with a very well-written guidebook that is just written for that deck. 
And I encourage you, if that's the adventure you're choosing, or if you are lucky enough to have a deck that resonates with you in that way, sometimes for some of us, we have to wait a while to find that deck. Um, so if you have a deck like that, or if that's sort of what you're looking for, that can be a really perfect way to start because you develop an intimacy with one deck and you build up an understanding and you're able to bond with that deck. You're reading about what this one person says, kind of connecting. Maybe you float out, you look at another tarot book and you start to, you know, um, check in with like, well, what does this person say about this? Blah, blah, blah. But I often find that when we work with a deck that really, really fucking resonates with, with us, for us, and we're working with a guidebook that was written for that deck and it is critically thought out, it's inclusive, it is not appropriative, it, it checks the boxes um, it thinks about tarot in an evolutionary way, whatever that means for us. Um, there is a capacity to learn and to grow on a deck that is one that we are developing a deep bond with. From there, once you are comfortable connected with that deck, it could be years, it could be a year, whatever. Um, while you're getting connected, buck around and do readings for people. Encourage yourself to get memorized. Memorize a word or a phrase with, um, from your guidebook with this deck. Like just focus on that one deck. Um, don't give readings, you know, like whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, option two, choose your own adventure two. learn on something classic and call upon what we have as kind of, um, you know, the classic books of the last, you know, 50 years. You might want to look at Rachel Pollock's work. You might want to look at Mary Kay Greer's work um, and definitely contemporaries of the day. Um, really reading everything you can and maybe starting with uh, Marseille, with Visconti, with Rider Waite. Um, you know, these are not um, decks that everyone resonates with right now. There's some problematic aspects with the rider weight. Um, you know, some folks really choose not to work with that. I want to advocate for this choose your own adventure journey because I think that when we know, really know the theory of what we're doing, if we really know where we started from, there's more ability and reflective uh, reflection possible in order to change it. So it's often really hard to, uh, understand where a card can be, uh, where it can go or where it wants to go if we don't understand where it started from. So, um, your other choose your own adventure can be like buying the classics and basically teaching yourself, like, what do people say about this? Benabel Wen's Holistic Tarot is a really great place to start if you want to kind of know, like, what people have said. It's not necessarily what you may choose to, it's mainly to look at it so that you are, um, understanding what has been said kind of in the past, um, as sort of an old paradigm about these cards. Um, my favorite tarot book, it is not the book that I taught me. I taught myself and my way of reading is completely my own. Um, and really it's in spite of some of these books that 
my way as my own. Um, cause I've been reading tarot since I was 12 and had a very hard time finding books or any readings or work about the tarot that really resonated with me. But I think one of the best ones we have is, uh, tarot wisdom by Rachel Pollock. And I think that it's really great because it really is quite rooted in, especially, and I want to clarify her major arcana, her writing on the majors. Um, the minors are a little bit too based with, I, I respect Rachel Pollock to the ends of the earth. And we, none of us would be doing this without Rachel Pollock's work. So I just want to acknowledge and name that. I know Rachel Pollock, she's wonderful. And, uh, the minors are, again, you know, she's writing based on her understanding what has been said before. Um, some of, sometimes it doesn't resonate. Sometimes it does, it might really resonate for you, but the majors are just extraordinary. Um, and it's great to be able to read tarot wisdom and to pick up on so many wonderful things. And it's just a very great, it's a wonderful book. So, um, I encourage you to check that out. That's another option that you have. Uh, a third, choose your own adventure. Pick a teacher. Do you like the way someone talks about cards? Do you love Michelle T? Do you love Sarah Godestiner? Do you love Bakara Wintner, Jeff Hinshaw? Do you love, um, you know, God, um, Rashonda Tramble from Stay Woke Tarot? Like, there are a bazillion teachers out there. Do you enjoy my style? Whatever. Like there are a million teachers out there who teach with their own understanding, many of whom I've not named. There are extraordinary tarot teachers on the YouTube, um, that are part of YouTube, the, the YouTube tarot community that are wonderful and teach. And it's, it's an extraordinary, um, access to, um, all of this information through the lens view of this person. And sometimes we need that. Um, if you're looking, if you, and, and sometimes those can intersect. So for example, if you kind of are feeling more drawn to choose your own adventure too, what I would tell you is that there is no better resource for you to really get to know the Smith Rider weight and the more classical interpretations of it than um, Jeff Henshaw's Brooklyn Fool's Tarot Journey. There just isn't. Um, it, I co-taught it with him for years. It is, he is a genius and it is amazing. And you will learn things about kind of um, tarot history and theory and ways to expand your knowledge of it that you won't get anywhere else. Jeff is amazing. Um, and uh, if you want to read... <sighs> Tarot for a more evolutionary perspective, like I recommend Tarot for the Wild Soul, which is a course I teach. So you can also start with a teacher. Um, and all of those things can weave in and out of each other. Like you can start with a teacher, learn on them, say, okay, I'm going my own way. Start your to blend your own understandings of it. Get connected with a deck that you really love. Have your whole world blown open and um, elevated and as it should be. And then maybe find yourself floating back to the classics. And ideally, that's those kind of three areas are a braid that hopefully will keep weaving in and out of each other for you. But to simplify, you can either seek out or start leaning on a deck that found you or you found that just 
blows your whole world open. And if you have that, use it because that will teach you more than anything. Just the experience. Seek out um, knowledge and information. The other piece of this can be that you seek out knowledge and information about the backbone of the tarot, where it came from, what, where all of this new evolution of tarot has come from. Like, where did it begin? Um, how can we understand these cards and then break our understanding and start to think about it more deeply? And Or do you really like a teacher? Is that your gateway in do you love the way X person talks about the tarot, this person, that person, whatever, what have you? Um, that is an amazing way to start. Um, and ideally, if you have a good tarot teacher, eventually you're going to leave them behind because any good tarot teacher is just going to empower you to do your own work and leave their work behind so that your work, your understandings, your interpretations can bloom open from there. So those are the three ways that you can get started like today. And you can choose what you want. No matter what you choose though, the whole point of tarot is to learn what's out there about it and consistently be asking yourself, what is the source on that? Do I agree? Do I not agree? It doesn't make that person bad or a problem, that teacher, that writer or whatever. It just means like they don't resonate with you or they do. And sometimes people do and they don't. So um, just so important to begin to bring that attitude to it. But ideally, we really want to just kind of start where we are. And sometimes we um, have a teacher, a point of view in mind that really resonates with us. Biddy Tarot, you know, everyone, there's a lot of people that love um, Bridget's certification course. They love it and they want that kind of experience. And I can't, anything that attracts people is what attracts them. I'm not here to say anything about anything. So it's great. You know, everybody, it, it depends on what you're looking for. So it really just depends on you getting clear specifically, Amanda, on what you actually want, how you'd like to experience like the choose your own adventure version of learning to read tarot and, uh, then go for whatever feels good to you. So that's what I got for you, Wild Souls. Thank you so much for listening. Again, enrollment is still open for my tarot course, and you can check that out at tarotforwhatis.com. And I feel like that's it. Uh, and I'll catch you at next week's monthly medicine episode for the month of September. And until then, take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.